Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Link Stories. I'm your host, Malini, and my background is in education, and I've been on a journey of learning about well-being for as long as I can remember. This podcast brings you a range of interviewed stories based on the concept of the six pillars or dimensions related to well-being, and they are social, emotional, work and finance, physical, spiritual, and knowledge. Each week, I invite a guest to share a particular story or information linked to one of the dimensions or pillars of well-being. Please leave a review on Apple and do get in touch on linkstories@mail.com. Listen out for my interviews on a Wellbeing Wednesday or Feel Good Friday. Many thanks. childhood development is put down to many different factors and amongst them we have food, nutrition, family support, exercise, education, schooling. In this particular episode we're here of a charitable organisation and an NGO that talk about the power of play for children and they share that the early years of life are pivotal for the success we see years later, the so-called foundation years. East African Playgrounds is an international NGO and registered charity that advocates and helps build playgrounds in mainly Uganda plans for expansion across other countries of East Africa. In this episode, Jack Butterfield, the Partnership and Fundraiser Manager, gives us an insight into the wonderful work of their charitable organisation. We hear stories of helping humanity on so many different levels. Thank you so much for joining me on Linked Stories today. I hope you're well. Yes, thank you very much for having me, Malini. You're um, Partnership and Fundraiser Manager for East African Playgrounds. Correct. Um, I really like the sound of this initiative. Um, could you share more about what East African Playgrounds is about? Sure, definitely. Um, East African Playgrounds is all about giving vulnerable and disadvantaged children a brighter future. Um, we equip them with important life skills support their physical social and mental well-being and basically enable children to access their childhood and all the benefits of play through our playgrounds and play-based programs okay and how did that come about sure um i suppose we'd dive back into when we were formed um back in 2009 by two students uh, carla and tom who are fantastic people indeed um they basically noticed when they're out in africa once that there was a distinct lack of playgrounds not to mention safe playgrounds for children to play in play just wasn't really a point of emphasis there um, but likewise there was also a lack of opportunities for young adults um, to gain trading and employment so really they set about forming east african playgrounds on the basis of providing playgrounds for children to access a childhood but also do so in a way that gives younger disadvantaged street adults there um, a chance to train Gain, gain employment and also learn qualifications and to date 10 or 11 years later I suppose how you want to look at it um, we've built over 350 playgrounds we've impacted over 525,000 children and given them their right to play and also helped 80 disadvantaged young adults um, through training and education through our work that we've done. 
That's an incredible achievement. That's really quite phenomenal to have built so many playgrounds over a reasonably short period of time and to have helped so many children and adults as well. Um, what would these playgrounds look like? Are they? Do they look like the ones that we have in the West with swings and slides and seesaws and things like that? Or are they... Essentially, these playgrounds are very much like the playgrounds you would see in terms of the equipment you'd see. So like swings, slides seesaws tires uh like to put like hot feet and hot stepping in in and out of um, right. and very much they're all based on being colorful bright exciting and really stimulating for children when they're playing on it a big part of these playgrounds isn't the fact that it's fun to go down a slide and on the swings but it's also a big sensory thing for them as well to be able to mm. really experience play through all these fresh colors and all these different things whether it's going down the slide or whether it's sitting on um, a tire animal imagining that they're on a safari for example really gives mm. children a vehicle to be able to imagine different sort of situations they would be in and give them a chance to really explore different sort of roles so to speak yeah. um, which is you can only really get through play and it's really important for children to be able to do that and have have means to do it too sure all the creative play that one 100%. gets and also the social interaction mm -hmm. you get from that sort of play as well definitely 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 now we know that playgrounds require a huge amount of maintenance and of course our playgrounds are maintained by the local authorities what sort of maintenance program would your playgrounds require and how do you go about maintaining them so that they are safe for the children for the longer term mm. sure so our playgrounds have a lifetime of around about 15 years so they're built and built very well um, and obviously they can impact and influence thousands of children within their lifetime mm. part of our building um, program is obviously not only building new playgrounds at primary schools refugee settlements but also maintaining as well so a lot of our work throughout the year is to make sure that um, playgrounds are kept safe um, also made sure that they're kept up to date in terms of maybe a fresh look of paint on them, maybe change some of the designs on some of the playgrounds as well to keep it fresh and interesting. But yeah, we're not just building them and leaving them there. It's very much yeah. a case of building them, having a long lifetime in terms of when they need to be looked at again and also maintaining, improving those playgrounds so that children can continue to benefit from that and also uh, the communities in general can, can can benefit from from those play play facilities for children as well. That's amazing. So all aspects of it has been addressed in the um, from the building phase to maintenance, and then making sure that they continue for another generation as well, Definitely. which is really nice to hear. Mm. Who would maintain them? Do you have people out there to maintain them, or a team of workers? How does it work? Yeah. So we've got. A team of Ugandans uh, or got a, a build team essentially out there who are building playgrounds all year round um, at different schools and refugee settlements as I as I mentioned in the summer we actually invite volunteers to come out with us primarily from universities also from corporates and also schools as well to come and actually help build the playgrounds alongside our build teams and a big part of that is to not only build a playground for a school which you're basically transforming an empty field at school into this playground bursting with colour, fun and excitement for the children but also there's all 
a couple of maintenance days that can happen as part of these projects as well where volunteers and our team can go back and revisit a school which is when we do quite a lot of our monitoring and evaluation as well in terms of what's the impact that the playground has had on the school as well um so not only just making sure that their play facilities are safe but also checking how they're getting on as a result of having this playground and to be honest what we found is that in those schools that we've built playgrounds there's schools are better attended in terms of more children are going wow the children are actually performing better in their exams incredible uh, but also <laughs> and more importantly is that the children are happier which is a huge thing to to obviously bear in mind as well so yeah really really important that these are not only just built but also maintained to just like i said just benefit children give them mm. give them access to a childhood that they might not necessarily or we might not necessarily know so much like you say a lot of um my memories from school was going around <laughs> kicking the ball on the playground thinking i was david beckham only <laughs> missing free kicks uh, hitting it over the fence <laughs> asking for people to throw the ball back over um but it's really important that children can form these memories in school because they're really really important for not only their health their well-being but also supporting their their development physically socially and, and mentally as well definitely i think there's a lot of research that points to the fact that play and performance really go hand in hand and there's a huge huge amount to learn from play as well and you mentioned um refugee settlement in uganda as well would you be able to share some more information about what these refugee settlements are mm. like which refugees live there um there is the second of the the world's second largest refugee settlement in northwestern uganda it's called bidi bidi um and it's roughly the size of the city of Birmingham to give you and listeners a sort of sense of scale of how big this place is. Um, wow. So a refugee center which is just the size of an entire yes, city. Yes. It's yeah, it's absolutely huge yeah. and um a, a large proportion of people who end up there are from South Sudan, obviously a place where there's a lot of conflict going on. Um and mm. therefore there have been children in fact there was a we've done some work with a child called Peter who arrived from South Sudan alone uh without any parents which is actually a common thing in terms of there's quite a lot of child-headed households um in these refugee settlements due to families being lost in Unfor- war or child trafficking yeah or a combination a of combination reasons. of reasons it's a tragic thing really yeah. um but scary yeah. common to see in a place like bidi bidi and other re- refugee settlements okay. um he arrived like i said alone unaccompanied by any adults but had a sharpened stick with him for protection um he would take it with him everywhere wouldn't talk to anyone or um wouldn't communicate with others or especially other children um and we have playgrounds there and also early early childhood development centers there to basically give children a chance to rebuild their lives in a crisis through the power of play. So Peter would come to the playground, he would play on the seesaws, he would ride down the slides and also use the swings, but he'd always have his stick in his hands with him. Um but eventually the more he came to the playground, he started leaving it down at the side before he went on all the equipment and started playing with other children and eventually would leave it behind completely so not even bringing it to the playground which is absolutely fantastic but what the mm. greatest thing was was when he actually got a chance to uh reunite with his little sister Grace 
and he started bringing her to the playground um and he introduced Aww. her to all the other children of which he'd been playing with for a while and those sure. who are now according to the social worker Isaac two of the last children to leave the playground each day now and such a fantastic thing to see that Peter and Grace having experienced so much in their short lives already um are able to rebuild their lives and actually have their childhoods back through the power of play mm. so yeah very very sort of impactful sort of story to show how we mm. work in um refugee settlements also not through our playgrounds but mm. also through the the play based learning um that we provide as well that's so adorable that's what you've just shared and i think so many parents will would be able to resonate with the power of playgrounds what an amazing resource they mm. are for us because whilst we have been locked down many playgrounds have mm. been closed and we have definitely felt you know the repercussions of that especially for those children who might be living in spaces where they may not have access sure. to gardens mm. and things so i think it is outdoor space is really useful and in on top of that to have somewhere to play somewhere safe play is the universal language of a child really if you think about it i mean it's the way that mm. they interact with makes sense of the world but also a way that they can process trauma um especially with what peter has experienced but even more um relevant now i suppose as you say is that children obviously kind of in the flux of what's going on with a global epidemic it's very difficult and very mm. strange for them to kind of process that i wouldn't necessarily expect them to do it but it's still stressful in its own regard by giving children access to play i think playing now is as important as it's ever been to be able to give children like you say a chance to kind of be, be children, children and not grow up but too also quickly. i think it's important for us as adults to be able to tap into that as well it's important Definitely. that we as adults yes, do that and yeah. try not to take life so seriously sometimes and honest living in the present i think it's a really important skill that us as adults should learn from children too definitely you mentioned um these um early learning centers that you've also helped with in the mm. refugee camps what would happen in those early year centers are they like nurseries what sort of environment do they promote for young people yeah so these early learning centers um childhood development centers are all about instilling a play-based learning approach to children basically the results or the studies i should say so that goes into being able to instill a play-based learning um program for children at early ages can actually lead to children in earning up to 42% more 20 years later compared to children who don't in terms of their their earnings which is a phenomenal phenomenal thing especially when you think a child is, has yeah. come to a refugee settlement by being able to give provide them a brighter future through play to then help them mm. further on in life is absolutely huge itself and with mm. that it's a case of being able to help children learn skills like self regulation mental well-being being able to process emotions and these skills are really helpful for helping them in further education so not only are they then 44% more likely to um graduate from high school equivalent um there but also 20% more likely to then achieve a degree of some kind um in the future again just through a play-based learning approach uh from an early from an early age so the impacts of play and the work that we do not only in our schools with our play-based learning but refugee settlements especially is by using the power of play to bring about a fantastic and brighter future for these children who deserve so much 
so much more than, than, than what they've experienced so far. With those statistics backing that the evidence is there for all of us to be contributing to more of this sort of work over mm, in Africa. Definitely. And of course, at the moment, there is so much negativity around race relations and helping other races across the world is so meaningful in this present mm, time as definitely. well. I think, as you say, it's... Um, 2020 has been a very eventful year, let's put it that way, in terms of what's been going on. And, and as you kind of mentioned briefly at the top, like when people might think of um, a disadvantaged community in Africa, they might think of nutrition, sanitation, etc. But it's much more than that. Um, it's setting, yeah. them, setting people up for future and later life, um, I think is yes. far more important, um, just as important, so to speak. Um, than just kind of solving a, a need right there and then, if that makes sense. Yes, because as a teacher and someone who's been in education for a long time, and I understand how important it is for a child to have a really solid mm. foundation to be successful later on in life. And that foundation comes back and it can either haunt an adult or it can come back and boost the path that they are going to take in the future as well so that makes complete sense um and so what sort of plans um, does the charity have for the future are you going to expand to other countries in addition to uganda before coronavirus of course as well we are actually in a position to start building our first playground in kenya which was really really exciting but that was just been put on hold for now mm. um likewise we've managed to build a playground uh, in Tanzania, just around around Christmas time, 20, 2019, which was our first as well. Fantastic! So over the next ten years, we are looking forward to expanding to more more territories and giving the gift and harnessing the power of play in so many more communities out in in East Africa as well. And so, in terms of what yeah. our plans are, is primarily we ask a lot of students to come and volunteer with us over in the summer, but also we're going to be doing the same with corporates as well schools asking them to not only get involved in a project like this but um, whether it be financially but also see firsthand the impact that playgrounds can have out in Uganda and other areas as well I think it's a real big thing for people to be able to experience and there's a lot of volunteering opportunities out there that take away jobs from local communities ours is very yeah. much the opposite the more volunteers and the more supporters we have the more playgrounds we can build and therefore um, the more jobs that we can provide for for local people so what sort of time frame would your volunteers um whether they're from university mm. or from other backgrounds corporates what sort of time frame would they spend out in uganda building these playgrounds is there any sort of minimum mm. or maximum or it just depends on people's time frames and schedules i would imagine especially when it comes to corporates like for our students it's not so much of a problem we have projects that last two to four weeks um, obviously in the summer when they've not got lectures or timetables to kind of adhere to they've got the entire summer to be able to come out to Uganda really immerse themselves in the community as well mm. as build the playgrounds but also be able to see what the country is like um, which you wouldn't necessarily get in it's a beautiful beautiful place but likewise for corporates mm. I'm sure going to <laughs> going to your boss and saying can I have four weeks off uh, in the middle of the year to go out to uh, go out to Uganda and build a playground they might say that's a fantastic uh, cause and amazing thing to do but four weeks is just probably not doable so non-paid exactly, maybe exactly non <laughs> and it's all about just whether it's a two-week thing just really working on 
building uh, or volunteering with helping build a playground for five to six days alongside our build team and other volunteers but also still having that experience to or that opportunity to explore the community and immerse yourselves into kind of what life's like around there I think it's really really good as well so it really kind of depends on how long people are willing to go out for so we've got some corporates who are happy to come out for four weeks and kind of have a small team around that but obviously that's not necessarily for everyone some people might just want to come out for two weeks just because of time so yeah it really just depends what people want from it and if anyone was interested in doing they can just get in touch with us and just say this is what i'm interested in doing what kind of options are there for me the fact that we're able to not only provide children with um, access to a childhood but also being able to help the community as well so um, by providing jobs but also contributing as well to some of the community initiatives that are going on there um, so we're really passionate about that so I'd like to think that we're well supported and well respected from not only our UK supporters but also the ones in the regions mm. and also supported by them because of the, the benefits that we can bring everybody out there. Jack, it's been wonderful to hear about East African Playgrounds and the work that No worries, thank doing. you so much for having me, Melina. And if anyone wanted to just find out a little bit more info about us, how they can get involved, they can just check us out on our website, which is eastafricanplaygrounds.org. You'll be getting such a good reception from the local governments, the local authorities in East Africa, mm. Uganda as well. Presumably. Definitely.